Hello, and welcome to the Re-Re-Read podcast, where we consider what contemporary writers like you and me can learn from classic literature. Today's topic is the Brothers Karamazov, Where is the Fault? As I was reading along through the series of chapters called Lacerations, I have to say it was getting a tad monotonous. Our hero, Alyosha, has become the designated errand boy for the bunch of lunatics that comprise his family and the inhabitants of the small town in which they live. We therefore get many, many pages of people falling upon him, pouring out their troubles, and begging him to go see so-and-so and explain such-and-such to them, because they can't bear to do it themselves for some reason. The problem is they all express themselves in pretty much the same way, at length, and at the textual equivalent of high volume— Lots of exclamation points. As we know from our own social media feeds, constant high volume is as boring as no volume at all. We need ups and downs, what they call dynamics in music. And we need people's voices not to all sound the same. Still, I'm pretty sure I see where Dostoevsky is going here. For one thing, he's building toward The Grand Inquisitor, one of the greatest set pieces in all of literature, and certainly one of the most intriguing meditations on Christianity. Before that, the pious Alyosha has to be exposed to all manner of suffering, the bulk of it undeserved, because his faith, although he never loses it, is going to be challenged. Dostoevsky is preoccupied with the question of why God allows innocents to suffer, or maybe makes them suffer, for that is the same thing in the end. The three brothers Karamazov, broadly representing sensuality, intellectuality, and spirituality, are instruments through which he works these questions out, the degree to which they are also very human, not allowing themselves to be completely instrumentalized by either Dostoevsky or God, is one of the most fascinating aspects of the novel. They really do rebel against their creator. Which brings me to today's topic, which is, where do characters' faults lie? In the stars, or in themselves, or in some specific combination of the two? In other words, does fate, or genes, or free will rule, and how do these forces actually function in your created world? Let's make the question specific to the brothers Karamazov. In the course of his errand running for his brother Dmitri and Dmitri's fiancée, Katerina, Alyosha happens upon a group of schoolboys who are throwing stones at another boy. Taking the victim's side as a good Christian, Alyosha approaches the lone boy to attempt to find out why the others are attacking him. But the victim, whose name is Ilyusha, promptly grabs Alyosha's hand and chomps his finger. As fortune, or the tangled web of intrigue woven by Dmitri and or Dostoevsky, would have it, Katerina sends him to the household of that very boy's father. Turns out Dmitri humiliated the boy's father, a captain, by dragging him out of a tavern into the street, by his beard no less. The schoolboys, who witnessed the scene, call the beard a wisp of toe, and I suppose the Freudian implications need not be elaborated upon here. In talking to the captain, Alyosha figures out why Ilyusha bit his hand. I think I understand it all now, said Alyosha, gently and sorrowfully, still keeping his seat. So your boy is a good boy, he loves his father, and he attacked me as the brother of your assailant. Now I understand it, he repeated thoughtfully. Alyosha understands that Ilyusha is not really justified in biting him, but Alyosha is a Karamazov, as people keep pointedly reminding him. He is as different from Dmitri as can be, but he bears the same name. Therefore, in this society, he bears some responsibility, if not guilt, for Dmitri's actions. There is talk throughout the novel of a Karamazov curse. Alyosha can disavow neither his brother's actions nor his name. In this world, there's no going elsewhere in reinventing yourself. 
This does not mean Alyosha is powerless, but he has to play the cards he's been dealt, and his hand, though unfairly, will always be marked with a K. Thus, all the errand running. The notion of having relatively little control over your basic identity has at least two sources here, a firm belief in an all-seeing God and the kind of rural, small-town setting that keeps extended families close together. Every person knows who you are, and God knows who you are. You are that guy, forever enmeshed in that web. Contrast this with, for example, the atomized three-sibling family in Jonathan Franzen's The Corrections. This novel concerns questions of responsibility as well, especially responsibility toward one's aging parents when one's own life is going down the toilet. But the sins of Chip have nothing to do with the sins of Gary. They and their sister each struggle along in their own narrative silos, while each appears in the other stories, the bulk of the novel is made up of separate narrative sections in which each sibling is the lead protagonist. If someone told Gary that Chip was an asshole, Gary might say, Yeah, he is, isn't he? And that would be a perfectly reasonable response. Gary has his own problems to deal with. But Alyosha must constantly circulate from brother to father, from wronged fiancé to humiliated captain, because the fault is not only with oneself in the brothers Karamazov. It is familial, national, and ultimately global. Humans are all fallen, and all are therefore responsible for each other. In other words, deciding where the fault lies will shape the structure of your fiction as well as the precise nature of your characters. An interesting experiment for your or my next story might be shifting the location of the fault from where we normally would place it. If you tend to think people are the masters of their own destinies, make it so they aren't. If you believe in an overarching fate or power, remove it or change that power's nature. Just being conscious of where we place the fault, I think, will yield some very interesting results.